1: happy wednesday everybody i'm back on the airwaves that's right back from vacation back in the studio uh back at work back here in auburn and opelika and man it feels good to be back uh had a great vacation a much needed vacation uh one that uh, i knew i needed it but i don't think i knew how bad i needed it until i took it it was one of those uh types of vacations and so uh, i took a few days and I was off. I was away from the studio. I was away from the office. I was away from everything. I even turned my email notifications off. That's how much of a vacation I was on. And uh, if you know me or know anything about me, that's really hard for me to do. And so uh, I did. I went and took a few days. I got out of town, got away from pretty much everything. And I'll be honest, I did a whole lot of nothing. I did a whole lot of nothing, and it was really really good Uh, I was able to take a day and do a lot of uh, personal things you know real life things that you just don't have time to do a lot of times uh, when you're working and working hard and working a lot so it was much needed time off I missed being on the air it's been a whole week since I've been uh, on the radio and it seems like it's been about a month and so I'm happy to be back Uh, hopefully you're glad that I am back as well we have got a lot to talk about today talking about Auburn football yes I've been keeping up with it yes I've been reading and talking and listening uh, to everything that's been going on even when I was away uh, from Auburn I was keeping up with everything and so don't don't you worry I am fully up to date and, and up to speed on what's going on so far with Auburn football. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, It's Wednesday here on On The Line. And so you know, uh, if you've been with me for a while, it's a busy show today. We're going to talk Auburn. We've got Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 uh, to give us some updates on Georgia and what's going on in Athens. We also have Austin Hannon of Bama Central who will join us in hour number two. Jordan will join us at 2.30 Austin will join us at 3.30 from Bama Central to tell us what's going on with Alabama and uh, the Crimson Tide going on over in Tuscaloosa. So very, very busy show today. Going to cover a lot because a lot has happened in the week that I've been gone. Uh, And a lot has happened in the last couple of days. So talking about all of that stuff today uh, should be a fantastic show. You know the drill outside of those two guests. The phone lines are open. I want to hear from you. Haven't got to talk to you in a week. So I want to hear what you have to say. What's on your mind? What's your thoughts so far as Auburn gets through uh, their sixth practice for for fall camp? Today is an off day for Auburn. They did not have practice today. Uh, They will be back in action tomorrow. Uh, They had practice yesterday, off today, and back tomorrow. So what have you heard? What have you seen? Uh, What have you read? Uh, What's your reaction so far through fall practice uh, that you've heard and seen and read and whatever. I want to hear from you on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Call me. We'll talk about it. I want to get your thoughts. I'm going to give you my thoughts as well. Uh, We got a great show on tap for you today here on the Wednesday edition of On The Line. Folks, we are 24 days away. That's right. 24, 24 days away from Auburn football kicking off. Even sooner than that, when college football kicks off with week zero, when the game of the year, Vanderbilt Hawaii, kicks off in week zero. Uh, So we're so close. We're so close. We're on the field. We've got pads. We're hitting people. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Football season's here. You had a preseason game between the Browns and the Jets last week on Thursday. I mean, football's back, man, and it's time to get excited about that. So as we are 24 days away, let's jump into it. Let's talk a little football because lots to recap so far in what's been happening at fall practice for these Auburn Tigers. Want to talk about the quarterbacks? Want to talk about the running backs, including the big time news of who showed up to practice yesterday, and other positions as well that I've either seen or heard or read about or been told about. All right, so let's let's jump into this thing. Talking about Auburn, talking about fall practice so far. We'll start with the quarterbacks because that's where everybody wants to start, right? That's where everybody wants to uh, focus their attention. Uh, It's where everybody wants to know who's going to start, right? What's the status of the quarterbacks. And I will tell you from what I've seen when I've been to a couple of practices, what I've seen in videos that other media members have taken and put online, what I've read from other media members and what I've been told by some of my friends around here, the quarterback room is in a much better spot than it was last year. Now, What does that mean exactly? Well, Auburn's quarterback room wasn't that good last year. Let's just be honest. It wasn't all that good. So it wouldn't take much to be better, but they are. And they're better by a pretty decent amount. Because you have three guys in that room right now between Peyton Thorne, Holden Garner, and Robbie Ashford. And yes, I said them in that order on purpose. You have three guys in that room right now that if you had to put them on the field day one to start against UMass, I think they would be okay. I think they'd be okay. Now, do I fully think that Holden Gurner is ready to go to be the starter in the SEC right now? No, I don't. Do I think Robbie Ashford is ready to be the starter day one in the SEC? to give Auburn the best chance to win I haven't seen enough to say yes do I think Peyton Thorne is yeah I do and I'll say this I haven't seen enough in practice we only get so much to see in practice which means everything that's happened you get a very slim picture of what is going on and for the record. Hugh Freeze and this Auburn coaching staff, and every coaching staff in the country does this, by the way, they basically form their practice and they schedule out their practice around when the media is going to be there. And so what that means is the media sees what Hugh Freeze wants us to see, right? We get a 20-30 to minute window, if we're lucky, and you better believe... That Hugh Freeze and his coordinators and his coaches, they know exactly what they're going to be doing on the field when we get to go out and watch. So, we see what they want us to see. And I know you've heard about it and I've talked about it, right? I'm sure I know Bill and Dan have been talking about it. All three quarterbacks have taken reps with the ones. They've been rotating the quarterbacks. They've been rotating the offensive line. They've been rotating running backs and receivers, right? They've been doing that for a couple of reasons. A, so that we get to see them do it all together, right? That way it's not just one quarterback running with the ones and one quarterback running with the twos, so on and so forth. But it's also because you're trying to figure out which one is the best, which one is. QB1 which one is QB2 which one runs the best with the quote-unquote starting offensive line which one has the best chemistry with the quote-unquote starting receivers as of right now right so they do that for a couple of reasons to benefit and find out okay who works best in which situations with which group of guys but it's also so the media us we get to see each player in each different rotation. So keep that in mind. Each quarterback has taken runs and taken roles with the so-called ones. But from what I've seen with my own two eyes and what I've been told by other people that have been there more than I have since I've been out on vacation, Holden Garner, folks, this is my assumption. This is not even an assumption. This is my breakdown Right now, Holden Gurner has the best-looking football in the room. He does. He has the best-looking throw out of anybody in that room. And if you go back to last year, I said that too. I like the way the kid throws the ball. I do. He throws it easy. He throws it on time, on target, and it just looks effortless. It looks effortless. And you can see just how talented he is as a thrower. Now, do we really know where he is on the playbook and where he is as an SEC-level starter? No, not necessarily. And that's why I don't think you're going to see him start. But I do think there's a legitimate battle right now in Auburn's quarterback room. But it's not to be QB1. It's to be QB2. Peyton Thorne's going to be your starter. All right, He's going to be your starter. He throws a really good ball. He's got really good experience. And he's just the best one in the room. And when it comes to just a full-on quarterback, I don't think it's close. And I heard Doug and some of his guys say this, and I think he had Daryl on today. You don't go get a guy like that. If he's not gonna start, if you don't plan on starting him. And Daryl made a really good point, Daryl Daprich. He said, You don't want to just hand the guy the job. You want the guys behind him to push him and make him earn that starting job. But everybody in there knows that this is Peyton Thorne's job to lose. But I do think there is a legitimate battle for that number two spot. And I have a feeling. Just based off of what I've seen, I think it could be Holden Gurner. I really, really do. So that's what I've seen so far. I've seen Robbie take strides. I've heard Robbie has taken strides and gotten better since last year. But he's still got to be able to throw the football. And we haven't seen enough in practice or been able to ask enough about practice and had enough practices to fully get a, a true breakdown on Robbie's improvement yet. But he has gotten better. He has absolutely gotten better. There's no doubt about it. So that's where we stand on the quarterbacks right now. Holden Garner is a really, really good throwing quarterback. And once he figures everything else out, not saying he hasn't, I'm just saying when all of that comes together for a young player like him, he's going to be in this thing. And he's going to be in this thing down the road as well. But I still think Peyton Thorne is your guy and you've got a scrimmage coming up on Saturday. We'll see what happens there. Uh, we'll see if, if Freeze narrows this thing down after that. Uh, I would assume that he would, and we'll go from there. But uh, I think Auburn, Auburn fans should feel a lot more confident in the quarterback room than they have in the past because it's better than it's been in the past. You have a legitimate guy at the one, and you've got some hope behind him. And I think that's something Auburn fans can get excited about. Let's take an early break. I want to talk about the running backs. I want to talk about the receivers and some other guys that are getting some love and and showing some real good promise in practice so far for Auburn football. But hey, you know I want to hear from you. Give me a call. Let's talk it out. 1390. The Wednesday edition of On the Line rolls on when we come back. All right, back inside the studio as we talk some Auburn football fall practice as we get closer and closer and closer to the start of the season. 24 days away from kickoff for Auburn football. Uh, I mentioned earlier they've got the uh, scrimmage coming up this Saturday, and so I think you'll see some, a uh, little bit of separation from a couple of positions. Uh, you'll see some, maybe some. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to find the, way, the best way to put this. I mean, you're going to see you're going to see some guys lock down some jobs. I think this weekend and as the days go on, and so uh, interested to see what that's going to look like. Just talked a little bit about the quarterbacks, but got to talk about the big big news, right? The news that yesterday one of the uh, most anticipated stories uh, that's been. On the back burner for a while when it comes to Auburn football, Jarquez Hunter returned to practice yesterday uh, for Auburn in that running back room. Uh, we, we all know the situation. There's no reason to get into that side of it. Uh, waiting in, in, in head coach Hugh Freeze has made it very clear, very simple. He doesn't come in, and Auburn football does not come in on university operations and university issues and that's what he left it at and has left it at since we were in Nashville three weeks ago and so um, we'll wait and see I guess Uh, but good news is and a very very good sign is that Jarquas Hunter was back at practice and what does that mean well it means that Auburn's running back room is obviously taking that next step now do we know if he's going to play week one As far as I know, no, we don't. And we'll find out if he is missing any time or if he's not missing any time. And if he does, how much it'll be. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But it is a good sign that he's back at practice. And when you look at that running back room for Auburn with Jarquez Hunter, who, when he plays, he will be your starter, he'll be your go to guy. I think Auburn has one of the best, and I mean one of the best, running back rooms in college football. I really, really do. I think Auburn has one of the best running back rooms and most dynamic running back rooms in all of college football. I believe that because look at the guys that are in there. You have Jarquez Hunter who has shown as the two as the number 2 guy behind Tank Bigsby, who's now playing on Sundays, Jarquez Hunter showed just how talented he is and how dominant he is, how quick he is, how evasive, and how he's not afraid to lower his shoulder and run over you if he has to. So, I think Jarquez Hunter is one of the best running backs in college football. I said it about Tank Bigsby last year, and I believe that about Jarquez Hunter. And I'm not saying that because this is an Auburn station talking Auburn football. Just watch the guy play. Watch him play. And tell me at the end of this year that Jarquez Hunter, barring an injury, God forbid, tell me at the end of this year that Jarquez Hunter won't be one of the best running backs in the nation. And have that recognition from those across college football. I think he'll get that. And I think he is that going into the season. And I think he's going to have... And we've talked about this, right? We've talked about this numerous times. He's going to have better offensive scheme. He's going to have a better offensive line. He's going to have better quarterback. He's going to have everything. He's going to have everything better on that side of the football. And so he's only going to get better himself. And it's funny because... Last night, I was I was chilling at home, watching a little TV, scrolling through, um, you know, trying to scroll through. And uh, after the Braves had uh, gone down early last night, I was had it on in the background, but I was scrolling through TV. And on the Big Ten Network, they were showing the replay of the 2021 Auburn-Penn State game, the one in Happy Valley uh, where Auburn went up there. Both teams 2-0 and early on in the season, right? Third game under Brian Harson, right? What was happening? Everybody was excited, and Auburn had, I don't know, 10 different opportunities to win that football game. I bring that up to say this. Jarquez in that game was really, really good. If you forget, he had some unbelievable plays. He had the hurdle down the sideline late uh, that eventually would set up the potential uh, for Auburn to get that game-winning touchdown. Didn't work out because of a horrible play call. But I say all that to say this. Jarquez Hunter has been good since he got here. And he's about to have his best season yet. And so he was back at practice. That's big news. And you look at this running back room. And what I've seen so far, Auburn has some studs in there. The guys I've seen at practice between Brian Battee, Damari Alston, who he may not be the tallest guy. He's listed at 5'10". That's arguable. With cleats and a helmet on, maybe. But he is a massive human being. He is jacked, okay? Damari Austin is huge. And if he's running at me with a football, I'm laying on the ground and letting him hurtle over me and keep going. No way in the world I'm trying to tackle that guy. Because he's massive. He is ripped, and he's going to be just fine in the SEC. I've seen some really good things out of Jeremiah Cobb, right? He's a little bit taller, a little bit lengthier, right? Not as big as somebody like Damari Austin or even like a Jarquez Hunter. But Jeremiah Cobb is going to be special. He's going to be really, really special. And you add that with a Sean Jackson, the bowling ball that he is, and then your number one guy, your ace, Jarquez Hunter. Tell me that running back room won't be one of the best in the conference and one of the best in the nation. It's going to be really, really good. Now, what's going to be key to that is the things we just talked about a few minutes ago. The offensive line, the offensive scheme, good quarterback play, and all the above. All that will play a huge factor into what this running back room does. But huge news that Jarquez was back at practice yesterday, excited to see Uh, what the rotation is tomorrow morning when we have a viewing. Uh, And on Saturday for the scrimmage, interested to see how all that goes? Uh, Look, I think it's going to be Jarquez. I think it'll be Damari. I think you'll see a combination of Battee and and Jeremiah Cobb. But Auburn's going to have four or five guys they can go to, which means they're going to be fresh. You're going to see situational backs You're going to see different guys get different snaps at different times in the game. And I think that's going to be great for Auburn. So I'm excited to see that for the running back room as well. When it comes to the wide receivers, I've heard some really good things here. In the few practices I got to see before I left for vacation, I saw some really good things. You're seeing a promising wide receiver room. Probably, what? I would say the wide receiver room was the biggest question mark in the offseason, right? Coming out of last year into this year, I think you could say the wide receiver room was the biggest question mark, maybe even the biggest concern for Auburn fans, because the question was, and this is not a good question to have, who in the world was going to catch the football? Who was going to catch the ball? It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Didn't matter if you went and got somebody out of the transfer portal or if it was going to be Robbie Ashford or Holden Gurner or whoever. The question coming out of last year into this year was who's going to be the difference maker out wide to throw the ball to? And I think you're going to have some guys that can do that this year. I think you still have Camden Brown, who's going to be an excellent go-up-and-get-it type of guy. Jay Fair, the sophomore, has shown Really, really good strides and promise so far this fall. The coaches are raving about him. Raving about Jay Fair, who is just a, an elusive guy, a Swiss Army knife type of guy, who I think you could rely on on most downs. So I've heard really good things about him, and I know that Bill, Bill Cameron has talked a lot about this young man, has everybody else as well folks Caleb Burton is going to be something he's going to be something the redshirt freshman from Ohio State he is going to be special sure early on you know still getting still getting equipped right still getting the used to the playbook and stuff I saw a few times early on where it was you know some confusion when to be on the field or whatnot but that's not a concern What you can see is when he's on the field, he's already an Ohio State product. He's going to be a really, really good wide receiver, and he's just a freshman. So good things so far out of the receiver room. We'll talk some more about Auburn later on, but want to get some updates from Athens about what's going on with the Georgia Bulldogs as Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 will join us when we come back. Lots of news going on over there. How are the dogs looking as we're 24 days away from kickoff? He's coming up next here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line.
0: You are on the line with Jacob Goert. On ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: We're halfway through hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Of Jacob Goeth with you on ESPN 106.7. Well, we welcome in Jordan Hill on the phone lines of Dogs 247, who joins us every Wednesday here on the show. Jordan, we're getting closer and closer to football season, man, 24 days away before the Georgia Bulldogs kick off the 2023 season.
2: Can't believe it, Jacob. Uh, it's, it's one of those things you turn around, you know. Especially for a season like Georgia had in 2022, you know, it went so long into January. It's like you turn around and the season's almost here. But uh, the countdown is on, and I'm definitely thankful for that.
1: Well, you, you mentioned about Georgia going late into January, winning back-to-back national championships. And we know that uh, Kirby, when he was in Nashville for SEC Media Days, as as we've seen Nick Saban do this in the past, it's never about repeating. It's about an individual season and just trying to win a national championship this year. Uh, has that mentality carried on through as fall practices started from what you you've been able to see?
2: Definitely. And I think the nice thing when you have someone like Kirby Smart who's preaching that message is it's easy to get the players all on board with that message. And, you know, I think the players that were at SEC Media Day, Cedric Van Pran, Brock Bowers, uh, and uh, Kamari Laster, I mean, they echoed that, that, you know, they weren't tied up or hung up on what the, the past few teams have done. And, I think you've seen that, and if they didn't already think that, they've gotten a warm dose of reality uh, out on the practice field at fall camp. Uh, Anyone who's been to practice or even just read about what Georgia's practices are like, Kirby Smart is on the microphone quite a bit. Uh, If you're lagging behind, if you're not running, if if you're not giving the effort, Kirby Smart expects you to give. You're going to hear your name called on the mic, uh, along with a few other choice words from the head coach. So. He uh, has always been one to make sure that people uh, weren't content with what they've done in the past and weren't going through the motions, um, you know, even with some of the better players. But a lot of the times you're not hearing names like Brock Bowers or Cedric Van Cran or Kamari Laster. Those guys are usually leading the way. So, you know, I think everyone is really bought into that strategy of uh, having to work hard every day and not really uh, resting on their laurels. And and the thing for some of those veterans we're talking about, they just went through this last year. So they understand what they're signing up for and what life is going to be like in fall camp. And uh, they understand they've got a lot to accomplish if they're going to go chase another national championship.
1: Well, Jordan, as fall practice for Georgia has begun, uh, there are a few few practices into it, as most SEC programs are. Let's start on the defensive side before we get to some of the bigger storylines on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm curious personally, Jordan, what that defensive line is going to look like for Georgia because we know just how dominant it's been in the past. We know how many guys are now playing in the NFL from that Georgia defensive line. And so what have you seen so far when it comes to the development of the big boys up front on the defensive side of the football,
2: I think it's a situation when they're looking at it as a, as quantity over quality. And I say that, and you still got you know three stars, four stars, uh, and five stars with Jordan Hall among those guys. But I don't think they have that game record that you had last year in a Jalen Carter. But what you do have is a number of guys who have at least gotten some experience. I think about Nazir Stackhouse and Zion Logue, two of the interior guys. Uh, and then Michael Williams, who's from Columbus, was a five-star and wound up leading the team in sacks last year there at defensive end. And, you know, you look at this year, you've got guys like that. You've got some freshmen coming in, uh, in Jordan Hall, who was a five-star coming out of the Jacksonville, and Jamal Jarrett as well, who was a four-star, who's a very talented defensive lineman from North Carolina. I think they're in a situation where you're not going to have a guy that just racks up a ton of tackles for loss, may not have a, a first-team All-American among the defensive linemen like you had Jalen Carter, but they've got pretty considerable depth. Now, they got to get through fall camp, which is always the challenge uh, for any position group, but they've got a lot of quality options. I wouldn't be surprised if we see pretty healthy rotations as we go through the year. They've got some really good options. And guys, it sounds like they feel good about. They just need to continue working on those guys, allowing them, uh, allowing those guys to show them that they're up for uh, playing meaningful reps and can be counted on, uh, even if they're called on to play in bigger roles. If some of those veteran guys uh, have to uh, go to the
3: sideline.
1: yeah, you know we know we know just how good that defense has been for Georgia. We know the secondary is going to be good. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there more experience in the back end of the Georgia defense than up front?
2: Yeah, there, there's a good mix there too, but I'd say there probably is a little bit more experience because you have Malachi Starks, who was a true freshman last year. He's back. Um, you've got Javon Bullard, who played the star position last year, but he's moving to the safety spot vacated by Chris Smith. And then you got Kamari Laster, who started at corner for the first time last season and did the role really well opposite Keely Ringo. Now, really the biggest question at defensive back right now is who is going to play opposite Kamari. And uh, right now, it looks like it's going to be Dalen Everett, who's a rising sophomore. But uh, you've got Nylon Green, who's also a sophomore, who's fighting for the job as well. And uh, you also have... Uh, uh, Julian Humphrey who is a redshirt freshman played in four games last year uh, really known for his speed uh, he's shown flashes but right now at that competition it looks like Dalen Everett's leading the way uh, but still a long way to go before we get to September.
1: Speaking with Jordan Hill of Docs 247 who joins us every Wednesday here on ESPN 106.7 uh, Jordan how much of practice are you guys getting to actually see what what's Kirby Smart let you guys do over in Athens and and you're viewing windows for the media
2: uh, few and far between, I'm sad to say, <laughs> Jacob. But uh, we've we've gotten to see two different days uh, so far, and it was about two and a half periods, three periods of practice, what amounts to 15 minutes apiece. So it's mostly been individual drills. There hasn't been any seven on seven that we've gotten to see. Um, so it's it's been a whole lot of uh, taking attendance and seeing you know some of the guys who are banged up, how they're coming along and uh, just uh, getting to see a few throws on air before they, they escort us off the premises.
1: Well, before we uh, before we talk about the offense, has Kirby said anything to the media that has caught your ear? That is, uh, Has he been asked a question that has been anticipated for for you in the media or Georgia fans? I mean, anything that he said so far through the first couple of days of fall practice that we should know about?
2: Not really. I mean, I think the biggest thing that kind of fits that parameter is the first day of fall camp, I asked him about what he was looking for specifically from the quarterbacks. And his biggest thing was being in the here and now, you know, not coming into a day of practice too high after a really good day the time before or too low after struggling and trying to get things back in order. You know, the biggest thing they look for in these quarterbacks, they want them to be playmakers. They understand that there's a whole lot of talent around these guys that they're not going to have to force things. You know, they don't want guys who are going to potentially give the ball away, and, you know, positions are just so big in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, He really harped on the fact that, you know, they need guys that are going to keep their head in the game, that are not going to force mistakes, and and can um, be smart about what I always go back to. He talked about uh, last season, Stetson Bennett doing a good job of cutting down on boneheaded plays. Uh, If they put a guy out there that, hey, he may be really talented, um, but, you know, oh, well, he gives the ball away a few more times than we'd like. Uh, That guy's probably going to be watching from the sideline because they're going to want a guy that uh, doesn't force the issue and every once in a while is okay with throwing the ball away or even taking a sack.
1: Well, let's get the uh, Jordan Hill breakdown of the quarterback room in Georgia. We know they've got uh, five-star on five-star on four-star in the quarterback room over there. So given the little bit of availability you've been able to see, plus what you're being told from within the program and just your knowledge of the quarterbacks in that room – where does the quarterback battle stand in Athens right now? Well,
2: I think it's about where we anticipated at this point. I still think Carson Beck is going to be the starter. He was the favorite coming into spring, performed well throughout spring, and really uh, ended spring on a high note with his play at G Day. And so far, he seems to have kept that up. You know, he's gotten good praise from his coach and his teammates to this point. And there's been things I like about what Brock Vandegrift has brought to the table, too. He's seen as Uh, the most capable guy to push Carson this year. And uh, he's had his moments as well. And the biggest thing that I want to watch through what's left of fall camp is what Gunnar Stockton uh, is able to do. You know, he's coming into his redshirt freshman year. He's got a year under his belt. Uh, He is a guy that got a lot of praise in the preparation for the Peach Bowl uh, and just his willingness to do whatever it took to get the team ready as a scout team quarterback. You know, looking at 2024, a lot of people – sort of have it in their minds that, oh, Dylan Ryle is going to come in and immediately start. Um, That's very hard for any true freshman to do, but I think that's really underselling Gunnar Stockton, uh, who Auburn fans will remember well. Auburn was after him very, very hard. Oh, yeah. When Mike Mike was the offensive coordinator there, Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. I want to see what we hear through these next uh, few uh, weeks of practice, getting ready for the season. Um, I think Gunnar's got a really good opportunity long term. I may not see him on the field any this year, but he could set himself up well when you consider 2024.
1: Jordan, today you actually wrote a really good piece about Mike Bobo and what his offense could look like at Georgia. It was, uh, I believe, uh, Todd Hartley was talking about it and how it could look different. So without giving up too much of the information and make sure our listeners can go and catch that article at Dogs247 and 247sports.com. But what, what did you learn about Mike Bobo from those within the program on how the Georgia offense may look a little bit different this year?
2: I think the biggest thing is there's not going to be anything drastic. And, and I don't think uh, you know anyone really thought that was going to be the case. It's sort of a situation where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think it's a situation, too, um, that it could be very drastically different had Mike Bobo not been an analyst last year. He got to see how Todd Munkin ran things. And he was a big part of those conversations. You know, We were going through the Peach Bowl and the National Championship game and had a few availabilities with Todd Munkin. Todd gave Mike a lot of credit for some of the insights, some of the things he shared, in just making sure this offense was really successful. So I think there will be some things different, and I've contended that it was going to be different no matter what, just because of personnel. Mm-hmm. You know, even if Todd Munkin had come back, I mean they're not quite as deep as at tight end. Though they still have Brock Bowers back, so I don't know how much two tight end sets we're going to see this time around. But I don't think it's going to look all that different. I think that they've just got. A ton of playmakers, and it's up to Mike Bobo and really uh, both of the, you know, really the entire offensive staff uh, to try to maximize the talent they got
4: and see what they can do with it.
1: Yeah, another guy that Auburn fans are uh, familiar with is Mike Bobo. But with that offense, uh, we're talking with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 want to talk about one more storyline before I let you go. With that offense, uh, one of the biggest names on that offense in the running back room, not practicing with Georgia right now. What can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, it's kind of a shame. Kendall Milton, who's coming into his junior year, gr- a great opportunity to be the number one back. Uh, wind up getting hurt back in the spring and, and had his spring cut short. Uh, had a hamstring then, and he's not practicing now as we're in the second week. Also dealing with a hamstring. So it's a very tough situation. Uh, Kendall is a guy that winning healthy, is a really good back. Uh, he didn't have quite the number of carries as some of the top SEC running backs. But if you look at the stats from last year, uh, yards per carry, I think he led the SEC. Uh, obviously, again, with that caveat that he was not the number one back. Uh, But he's just a guy that has not been able to stay healthy, and it's a position that I've really circled as one to watch for Georgia. Um, He was uh, at practice when we went out there uh, on Tuesday. He was working off to the side with a few other injured guys. Um, But they really need some players that are running back to step up, depending on how long he is out. Uh, Fellow junior Dejan Edwards, they just got Branson Robinson back, uh, who was dealing with a foot injury since the end of spring ball. Um, also a redshirt freshman, Andrew Paul, uh, and a walk-on, Cash Jones, who's gotten a lot of praise. Uh, they really need those guys to be reliable, to be guys they can count on, because uh, Kendall is looked at as that number one back, a guy who would really carry the load. But uh, his uh, situation, and especially his injury history, leaves a lot of questions. They're going to need guys around him uh, to pick up the slack and uh, do what they can get ready for the season.
1: Well, luckily for Georgia, uh, if they are still a little banged up when the season does start in 24 days, they open up with UT Martin and Ball State, two teams that I don't think Georgia will have any particular problems with to open up the year. So it sounds like they may have a couple of weeks to try to get all of that figured out. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. Again, he joins us every Wednesday here on On the Line at 230. Uh, he's the best in the business when it comes to covering the Georgia Bulldogs. So if you want your information and you didn't catch it all here, be sure to go and check him out jordan tell everybody where they can find you and all your fantastic work man
2: i appreciate that jacob dogs 247com on twitter at jordan Davis Hill and on twitter at dogs 24 7 so yeah we're in the thick of it uh getting ready for more interviews on thursday and getting ready for georgia's first scrimmage of fall camp on saturday so it's gonna be a busy few uh days and a few weeks but uh before long we'll be getting ready for that game against ut martin
1: Anything really quick before I let you go? Anything particular you're looking for in the scrimmage on Saturday?
2: Well, you know, I doubt we're going to be able to see very much, probably besides stretching, but really just to see what the running backs are able to do, like we talked about with Kendall Milton, and see if Kirby's willing to uh, let us in a little bit on how those quarterbacks look.
1: I'm telling you, you don't have any pull with that. I mean, does Kirby Smart know who you are? Like, he won't let you in to watch practice a day or two, so you can come on and tell me what's going on? Come on, man.
2: Yeah, I know. And, I mean, I went to Georgia. You would, you would think he would cut a fellow alum a break.
1: But, I'm telling uh, you. I'm
2: going to just keep uh, keep really harping on that, see where we get with
1: it. Yeah, well, I, I believe that Kirby Smart's more on the soft side, and if you just keep harping, he's a, he'll break down eventually. It's what he comes off as. So uh, keep trying, man, and uh, we'll talk to you next week and see if we can get some more updates, all right?
2: Sounds great. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. That's Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. Again, he joins us every single Wednesday here on the show talking all things Georgia football. They have their scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Uh, Sounds like they got some injury problems in the running back room, uh, but confident in the quarterback situation there in Athens. We'll recap that phone call, wrap up hour number one when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. Phone lines are open if you want to join me to end the hour, 334-321-1390.
0: are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app.
1: Wrapping up hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Big, big thank you as always to uh, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 who joins us every Wednesday uh, throughout football, basketball, and most of baseball season as well. Uh, Talking about the Georgia Bulldogs, getting us caught up on what's going on in Athens as the the Dogs are in fall practice. They have a scrimmage this Saturday just like Auburn does. Uh, I hate the fact that the Georgia media, Georgia beat, uh, not able to really see a whole lot of practice. Uh, sounds like Jordan has seen a few practices and, and, obviously, you know, getting told and having some some interviews with Kirby Smart and stuff. So he still has an idea, but doesn't sound like that they get as much media time and view and, and visibility. I guess that maybe not be the right word, but um, just doesn't sound like they're getting the time to see a whole lot of practice. And and I'll say this. I'll say this, that's one thing that Hugh Freeze and this Auburn staff have done a really good job of already is letting us get in there and see a little bit. And the days that I've been there, I and mean, we were there for 25, 30 minutes. I mean, we, we got good time to see to see practice. And I said this earlier, right? They, they form and schedule practice around us. So they they basically, we see what they want us to see, which is fine right it's been different we've seen some drills we've seen some plays right we've seen just quick up and downs whatever but credit to Hugh Freeze so far um has allowed us to get in there and and see some practices so i hate that georgia's not letting them in as much as they probably want um uh, you hear that a lot with with alabama as well and we'll talk to austin hannon of bama central coming up in hour number two uh, and i'm sure he'll have a similar answer about nick saban and alabama uh with what jordan said with kirby smart in georgia but uh to kind of recap real quick on what jordan had to say injury problems in the running back room seems like their uh, potential number one back can't get healthy and you hate to see it you really do um you never want to see somebody struggle with injury problems and so how how weird is that to hear that georgia may be having some running back problems that may have i mean jordan has it as his position group to keep an eye on for for the dogs i mean it's been a long time since you've had to quote unquote worry about Georgia's running back room. I mean, they've had some of the best come through college football the last, what, six or seven years, and you've got guys that are playing at the next level. So it's interesting, interesting story note to keep uh, keep an eye on the Georgia running backs. Uh, He was very confident in the quarterback room uh, talking about Carson Beck, how he thinks it'll be him. Um, But good news for Georgia, they've got plenty of talent in that room. So if one guy falls off or if, again, You don't want to see this happen, but if somebody were to get hurt, uh, seems like Georgia's going to be just fine when it comes to who's going to play quarterback. So we'll keep an eye out on Georgia. We'll talk to him again next week after the scrimmage and see what information they were able to gather. But as I said, they've got two easy games to start, so they're going to be fine until they have to play South Carolina in week three but hey coming up in hour number two we'll talk more auburn football fall camp reactions what to expect moving forward this week as we get closer to auburn's fall scrimmage plus austin hannon of bama central updates us from tuscaloosa on the fall camp going on for the alabama crimson tide phone lines are open 334-321-1390 don't turn that radio dial hour number two of the wednesday edition of on the line coming up Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here at hour number two on the Wednesday edition of On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067. If you missed any of our number one, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it one of two ways, ESPNAU.com. Again, that's ESPNAU.com, or just search On The Line wherever you get your podcast. I upload it commercial free right after the show each and every day so if you miss any of it uh, be sure to go and find that we talked a lot about auburn football uh, fall practice updates we're going to talk some more about that here in hour number two Plus, uh, we talked with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, uh, got some updates on the Georgia Bulldogs and their fall practice and what's going on. They've got uh, some running back issues. They've got, uh, obviously, they got the quarterback battle going on and uh, maybe some concern on the defensive side of the ball as well. So if you missed any of that conversation with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, be sure you check that out on the podcast. Be sure you check him out as well. If you are... Uh, subscribe to 247 if you're subscribed to the Auburn 247 you get access to the Dogs 247 as well so uh, if you're subscribed to that here in Auburn and you want to go check out uh, the the Georgia content Jordan does a fantastic job uh, he's been doing it for a long time so be sure you go and check him out as well but here's what's coming up in this hour again we're going to talk some Auburn talk about the storylines give you my thoughts so far uh, we got a couple of days before uh, the fall scrimmage on Saturday that Auburn will be having so we'll talk some about that plus uh, Austin Hannon of Bama Central will join us coming up in just about 30 minutes or so to talk about uh, Alabama, and give us an update on their fall practice as well. I believe he is going to uh, uh, media availability with Nick Saban today, so we'll see what he's going to ask him, what he's looking forward to out of that conversation and press conference. So that's coming up at 3.30 in just about 30 minutes or so. So be sure you tune in for that as well. But until then, phone lines are open. I'm back in the studio, uh, back from vacation. Uh, it is, it's very, very nice to be back. Uh, It was a much-needed vacation, but I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I didn't think about work at all. It was amazing, Uh, and the first time I've done that in forever I think I don't really know so uh, it was much needed and uh, much appreciated of course I'm very thankful to to be able to have those days off but I am back and ready to go so uh, if you want to give me a call and talk about what's been going on give me a call I want to hear from you 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 is how you become on the line here on ESPN 1067 so what have you seen and heard so far from fall practice what do you like what do you not like is there still a room or maybe a guy that you're still concerned about maybe somebody that you're a little bit more excited about now that fall practice has begun a little bit i want to hear from you on the phone lines 334 321 1390 and that's what i'm going to talk about uh, just a little bit is a couple of rooms mostly on the offensive side uh, that's where a lot of the question marks are, right? That's where a lot of the concern is when it comes to Auburn fans wanting to know who's going to throw the football, who's going to run the football, right? Who's going to catch the football? All those types of things Um, because believe it or not, they all have been question marks. And I feel confident in the fact that those are all going to be answered and be answered in a good way. I think you're going to You're going to have good players in those positions. And and let me say this. I've been saying this. Auburn is a talented football team. This is a talented Auburn football team. Okay, There are some really good players on this team. And I think there are some players that have yet to show that fully in fall practice. And I think there's guys that will show that as the season goes on. And so there's a lot to be excited about in this season. And there's also some news that we haven't talked about yet that we will that happens outside the stadium that happens in the heart of Auburn, Alabama. So we'll talk about that as well. But let's get to the phone lines here to start off. Hour number two, 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with?
4: Hey, Spectre, How you doing? Hey,
1: Specter. I'm good. How are you, man?
4: Uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself. I
1: did. I did. What you, what you got, man?
4: Well, yeah, listen, uh, I heard a little bit of something different than what you did over, about the quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, I heard the offensive coordinator talk, and he had nothing but high praises to say about the quarterbacks. Uh, he did mention that uh, Ashley was was um, actually more and has improved in his throwing ability. It has pinpointed his throwing ability really well. Um But the only thing I've heard about the other guy is that he's asking a lot of questions. They didn't say mention anything about how he was doing on the field. But all that's going to be, you know, come out next week. And uh, I'm just, I'll just go with what the the coach puts on the field. Yeah. I'm not.
1: Uh, yeah. And, you know, you've got, you got a scrimmage coming up on Saturday. I, from what I've seen uh, in the few practices that I've gotten to go to um, and then what I've been told and what I've heard and read and everything, cause I've kept up with it. Robbie has gotten better. And, and I talked about that a little bit in the first hour. I think Robbie has gotten better throwing the football. I don't think, and look, we've seen very minimal of him uh, in practice, but I think he has gotten better. Do I think he's where he needs to be? No, not yet, but I think he's gotten better. Um, I've said that I think Holden Gerner has the best looking ball. I think he throws it better than anybody uh, in the quarterback room. Um, and Peyton Thorne, from what I've seen, he looks good. Now, how do they, how well do they all know the playbook and how well do they all run the offense? I don't know. And I think Saturday will answer a lot of those questions, Specter. but, um, no, I think they've all taken strides and I think the quarterback room is better than people are giving credit for.
4: Yeah, you're right. I think we just have to step back and wait and see.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely so, right.
4: There's a lot of opinions going around, and I don't want to get into this, in this, this situation where we're betting on who's going to be the quarterback because that just starts to bring out some some bad opinions, really. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Thorne, Thorne looks, he looks good and everything, but uh, I just want to see what he can do in the SEC.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think and, that's uh, fair. And I think yeah, that's I absolutely fair to, to have that, that, not necessarily a concern, but to have that expectation of, okay, you did that in the Big Ten, right? You did that when you had a pretty good yeah. team around you um, with Michigan State in 2021 where his numbers were off the charts. Can he do it in the best conference in college football? There's nothing wrong with that.
4: That's right, that's right. You know, Thorne, he was a three-star. He came out of high school as a three-star. And you see what he can do with a with a, I guess a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. But I want to see what he can do with an SEC offensive line. Uh, he might be even better than what he was at Michigan State.
1: Yeah, uh, in- in- Inspector. Before. I think Auburn has an an SEC offensive line now. They haven't in the past, but I think they have one now. And to look back on that 2021 year at Michigan State, he also had one of the best running backs in college football. And if you hear me talk about Auburn's room, I think Jarquez Hunter's one of the best running backs in college football. And I think the room is one of the best in college football. So, yeah, you're absolutely right and on the right track. I mean, if he could do that at Michigan State, I think he's going to have, he has a potential to have better talent here. Yeah, the sky's the limit, no doubt.
4: Okay, I'll just say this one thing. You know, to be fair to Robbie, uh, Thorn and, and the running back that you're speaking of up in Michigan, uh, they didn't have the offensive line that Robbie had. So, uh, you know, I've, I'm curious to see. Well, I can't see, but I'm curious to if, if how they would have fared if they had Auburn's offensive line of the past.
1: Yeah, which is fair yeah. against SEC yeah. level defenses too, Specter.
4: Exactly right. You're exactly right. Yep. All right, buddy. Well, welcome back. Appreciate uh, it. See you later, man. Yeah,
1: appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. Specter joining us on the phone lines. Look, I mean, you're you're 100% accurate when it comes to, you know, our favorite game, right? The what if, right? What if Robbie Ashford had a better offensive line? What if he had a better offensive-minded coach? What if he had a better head coach, right? I think his development would have been better. What here, Here's the what if for you when it comes to Robbie Ashford. What if Robbie Ashford, when he came to college, started under Hugh Freeze? I think that's a fun game to play. I think Robbie Ashford could be one of the best quarterbacks in the game if he had started under Hugh Freeze, if he could get his throwing down to where it needs to be. Because we've seen we've seen Hugh Freeze and his guys develop quarterbacks. They did it with Malik Willis, who, when he was at Auburn, He was solid. He wasn't anything spectacular, right? He was athletic. He could run, and he could throw it here and there. But then he went to Liberty and absolutely lit the world on fire. And now then he got drafted and and was doing some things in the pros. So what if Robbie Ashford had started under Hugh Freeze? I think it's an interesting question. But from what I've seen and what I've heard so far, Robbie has gotten better. Now, I don't think he's where he needs to be. I don't think he's starting right now. I don't. But we've been talking about well, what happens if he can stay and develop and let's say he does get that number 2 job, which I said this again in the first hour and I want to make this clear, I think the true quarterback battle right now at Auburn is for the number 2 spot. I think it's for the number 2 spot. Peyton Thorne's going to start against UMass. He is. He's going to start against UMass. He's going to start against Cal, and then from there on out, unless he just absolutely crashes and burns or unfortunately gets hurt, right? But I think the true battle right now in that quarterback room for Auburn is who's going to be the backup, who's going to be the go-to if something like that, God forbid, happens to Peyton Thorne, because that's a really important job, especially in this conference, in the SEC, on a team in Auburn, then again, I think it's very, very talented. And I think the ceiling is higher than what those outside of this city and outside of this state are giving Auburn. And we're going to look at a coach's preseason top 25 coming up in just a few minutes. And the fact that Auburn is not in it, that's fine. I get it. Some of the teams ahead of them, not too sure about. But... The expectations for Auburn in 2023 outside of those who watch it, listen to it, cover it, and cheer for it, the expectations are not high. And so it's important to to realize, and it's important for you to listen to what I'm saying right now because I truly believe this, and I want you to as well, Auburn's a talented team. That cornerback room's more talented than it's been in years. The room is more talented than it's been in years. And when I say that, I mean everybody that's in there as a collective group is more talented than they've been in a long time. And I think they're only going to get better. You could say that about a lot of the offensive position groups. Defense, I think you can make some arguments. But offensively, the quarterback room is better. The offensive line is a million times better. As I just told Specter, you have an SEC-level offensive line now. And no, we don't 100% know the five starters up front. We have a pretty good idea. But you have five guys that can finally hold their own against SEC-level defensive lines and SEC-level linebackers and SEC-level corners, right? You have five guys up front on the offensive line that can hold their own in the big bad SEC. The wide receiver room, while they're still concerned and question marks, I think they're very talented. They have a lot to prove. They have a lot to show the coaches in the media in the Auburn fan base. But I think they're going to surprise some people. And I think the defensive side of the football so far, they are extremely talented. They're more experienced. There's some young guys that are really impressing, right? There's some young guys that are really, really impressing. But I think the defense is going to be solid. There will not be, as far as I'm concerned right now, there should not be too many concerns on the defensive side of the football. There's a few here and there. But overall, as the season goes on, I'll be really, really surprised... If we're halfway through the year and Auburn has a couple of losses and we're sitting here blaming the defense, I don't think that's going to be the case from what I've seen and what I know about the guys in that room. I just don't think that's going to be an issue. I think the defensive line, you've got some really big names and really big guys. So I say all that to say this, the expectations are low outside of Auburn fans and Auburn coverage. But the talent is there. And you're seeing guys get better from the spring to now. You're seeing guys get better from the start of fall camp to right now. And the scrimmage this Saturday is really, really important. It's important for the quarterbacks. I'm excited to see the receivers again. I'm excited to see Jarquez Hunter, if he participates in that. Which, if he's at practice, the assumption would be that he will. I'm excited to see what he truly looks like. With him. And Damari Austin And Jeremiah Cobb. There's a lot of good names in there. Brian Battee. So the scrimmage this Saturday is going to be really, really important. But here's what I'm, I'm trying to tell you. Everybody has gotten better. As far as I know. I think every room has improved. And that's what you wanted to see. When Hugh Freeze and his guys stepped in the door. You wanted to see recruiting pick up, which it has. You wanted to see the vibes change, which it has. And you wanted to see this football team get better. And I'm telling you right now that it has. And yes, we're still 24 days away from the start of of the season. And Auburn's still got a lot of work to do. They got a long way to go. But you start against UMass. You take a, a difficult road trip to Cal, not difficult opponent, but just a difficult trip, right? It's a difficult trip to make with a new team, a new coaching staff across the country to, are we calling that Pac-12 country anymore? I don't really know what we're calling that. That's a whole separate conversation going on about all the conference realignment stuff. No time to get into that today. Because, man, Friday was one of the most historic days Ever in the history of college athletics. I mean, it was crazy. I'm on vacation. I'm relaxing, and I'm scrolling, and it's just going off. Twitter's going everywhere, or X, whatever they call it now. I mean, it's just going crazy. Update after update, news, breaking news, so-and-so going here, so-and-so going there. These execs are meeting today, tonight, tomorrow. Like, wow, right? That was crazy. But Auburn has a long way to go, but they're getting better. And that's all you can ask for 321 1390. We'll talk some more updates about Auburn football, about Auburn in general uh, and what fans can expect in 2023. And then Austin Hannon of Bama Central will join us coming up at about three 30. So stay tuned for that. And he'll talk about Alabama and their fall practice as well. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you more of the Wednesday edition of on the line. When we come back.
0: are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
1: Let's get back to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line, man. What's up?
3: Hey, Jacob. How you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you?
3: I'm pretty good. Um, Interesting fact about last year. Wasn't TJ Finley in that quarterback room as well?
1: (laughs) Uh, yes, he was. That's what I thought.
3: And look, guys, I'm tired of hearing the apologists for T.J. Finley. And he, he's, I'm, I'm sure he's a great young man and a fine human being. But the bottom line is, he was. He, he's been not very good two different places. Yeah. So let's just quit apologizing for me. Just say the quarterback room has gotten better. And 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 quite honestly, I'll take uh, Freeze and and um, the office court of Montgomery over Harson and, and uh, Esau, saw whatever his name was.
1: Well, that's where I thought you were going to go, was the fact that it's not Harson here this year, and that's why it's gotten better. But, uh, no, I, I think the person now in the quarterback room has gotten better. I mean, look, I just think the three guys that are competing right now, uh, thorne Gurner, and Ashford, I think – and I, I know Ashford was there last year, but you have a better version of him already. And, again, I yes. don't think he's there yet, but you already have a better version of him – right now than you did last year and so yeah with that being said plus yes TJ Finley not being a part of that over the last couple of years I mean yeah I think it's 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 a no-brainer to say the quarterback room has gotten better
3: now Jacob I'm the opinion I don't know about you but the real battle is for number two
1: that, that's exactly what I've said that is exactly okay. what I've said is is uh, I think Peyton Thorne is your guy and I think the true quarterback battle right now is for the number two guy you're absolutely right
3: Something I worry about in the running back room is just awesome, and something I've always worried about was getting a running back too many carries too early. They don't have to worry about that this year. Mm-mm. They're deep enough where they can just keep running guys, and 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 they're going to throw the ball. I, I don't. People say Hugh Freeze is Gus on part two. No, it's nothing like that at all. Their offenses are nothing alike at all. They really aren't.
1: No, and I think Freeze will. I think he'll adjust his offense as need be. I mean, it's going to be. He's already said it's going to be the same type of system, but he's going to adjust based off of what quarterback is playing QB1, or if there are packages for Robbie Ashford with his legs, and I think you may see something like that. Um, and his his playbook is going to adjust based off of, you're right, those four running backs that Auburn can use at their disposal whenever they want to.
3: And, and Jacob, keep in mind what I told you when Hugh Freeze was being, you know, in the running for the head coach, he wants to be there he wants that job and therefore he will do the best job ever
1: well i think he's shoot i think he's proven that already don't you terry i mean i think he is he's absolutely proven that and he again we haven't even hit the field in a game yet
3: If he hasn't proven that somebody what what in the world do you want
1: yeah no exactly i mean look auburn auburn fans i I have yet to hear and if they're out there give me a call because i want to hear from you I've yet to hear an Auburn fan that's disappointed in the job that Hugh Freeze has done so far.
3: Right, I don't. I don't understand. I wouldn't understand if somebody made that statement. I wouldn't. And and I've made the statement in the past that he's. You know, he makes Nick Saban uncomfortable. But and I'll say this. I say this: He will have to pay closer attention to Hugh Freeze than he ever did Harson or Malzahn. Harson couldn't recruit Stink to a couldn't recruit Stink to a pile of dung.
1: Mm-mm. No, he couldn't, no, and, and he didn't awesome. care about it either. And so, no, he didn't. Uh, no, I think Freeze is—he's he, already turning heads, not just in Tuscaloosa and Athens, but across college football and what he's done in recruiting.
3: Right. Thank, thank goodness is almost here.
1: Yep, that's right. Twenty-four days away, just Terry. the heat. God, yes, it survived the heat in this state of Alabama middle of August. I'm I'm over it already.
3: Take care, Jake. Yep,
1: you too. Good to hear from you, Terry. 334-321-1390. Yeah, I think the only the only way I think the only way that somebody could legitimately right now say that they are not impressed or if they are slash disappointed in what Hugh Freeze has done so far, is if you're waiting for the results on the field. Let's get to the phone lines quickly. You're on the line. you got about a minute. Who am I speaking to? Uh, Jimmy? Hey, Jimmy. How are you, man? i got about a minute for you. What's up?
4: All right. I just want to run something by you. I read in an article. What would you think about if the Big Ten came in and got somebody like UAB and Florida State to make that 20 teams?
1: If the Big Ten did that?
4: Yeah,
1: I think they're going towards twenty teams regardless. I think they've they've made that clear. Um, uh, Florida State and Clemson and or Clemson, I guess I could see that. UAB, I don't know if if a if a big conference is willing to take that bet on them just yet. Yeah,
4: well, they'd be they'd be excited anyway.
1: Oh yeah, there's no doubt they they would be excited. <laughs> there's no doubt. And look, the Big Ten. The Big Ten wants as many teams as possible, I think. And and I've been talking. I'll, I'm interested to see if the SEC gets influenced by that or not.
4: Okay. I just thought I'd run that by you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the call, man. Good to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Got to get to a break because when we come back, Austin Hannon of Bama Central will join us. We'll get some updates on Alabama fall practice. How about the quarterback battle going on over there? Seems like every day. There's a new favorite to be QB1 there at Bryant-Denny Stadium. We'll talk to Austin when we come back. Looking forward to the updates, and then we'll wrap up the show talking some Auburn football. So, hey, don't turn that radio dial. Stay right there. Austin Hannon of Bama Central joins us when we come back.
0: On the Line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: Well, we got an update on Georgia earlier in the show, and now it's time to get an update on Alabama as it is Wednesday. We may as well just call this like the Auburn Rival Day. Uh, We talk with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 to get Georgia content, and then, of course, we talk to Austin Hannon of Bama Central who joins us every Wednesday at 3.30. Austin, hope all is well, man, over in Tuscaloosa, and uh, I hear you've got a, a press conference coming up with Nick Saban this afternoon.
5: Yeah, we do. 4:45. Um, you know, he usually likes to do it after practice, so uh, turns work into uh, early evening instead of early afternoon, if you will, for us on the beat. So, you'll hear from tonight. We already have heard from players this week. Um, I'm not sure if you saw, but Alabama held fan day and, and open practice last weekend at Bryant Denny Stadium. So we kind of got to see a lot of action there, and um, you know, we're starting to kind of get a feel, a little bit of a better feel for for what the team's going to look like this year. And, uh, who'd expect to be on the field most of the time when when September rolls around?
1: Yeah, well, that's where I was going to start was with that that Fan Day open practice. Um, did you did you see anything that was groundbreaking or just you know shocked the world or, or any updates that you can give us from what you saw on Saturday?
5: Yeah, I did, I did a little story after uh, just kind of talking about observations and um, you know kind of what did we see and. And the story did well. Uh, there were people that disagreed about the quarterback situation, obviously. But, Shocker. <laughs> um, just from, what, from, from what I could see on, uh, I guess that was last Saturday now, um, just I, I think those inconsistencies that, that have maybe been frustrating Nick Saban in uh, these last few months with the quarterbacks, in particular Jalen Milrow, I still think he's a little too inconsistent with the football. Um, and I, I've been thinking about it a lot just, just because, you know, I would like to see Jalen Monroe be the quarterback. You know, it's kind of his turn. He's the oldest guy in the room. Um, Obviously he was the backup last year, but you got to take the thing, right? I mean, you got to go out there and prove yourself um, and prove that you're the guy that should be the starting quarterback. And I just, I still don't think he's there from an arm perspective. Obviously he can throw the ball downfield. He just, I don't know if he can make the throws that Alabama might need him to. And and it just kind of depends on how does Tommy Reese want to run this offense? Because I, I think if you want, if you can make, Jalen Miller your quarterback like if you do it a specific way if you come out and you do what the Baltimore Ravens did and you draft Lamar Jackson and you turn your offense into into doing everything that you can through him and you turn it into hey this is not going to be your uh, typical pro style drop back offense where you're going to run play action and uh, throw the ball into tight windows if you want to do a a zone read um, make the defense come in then throw the ball kind of offense like the Ravens do you can. I mean, you could, and I just don't think that that's going to be the scheme they choose, and I think that's why we're kind of seeing Ty Simpson, in my eyes at least, um, lead this competition right now.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, Well. let me ask you this then. Based off of all of that, I mean, is it, is it more likely that Tommy Reese adjusts his offense based on the quarterback that wins the job? I know you were talking about that. Or is it a... a I'm Tommy Reese, and this is my offense, and you have to adjust to this. And I'm going to pick the one that fits that system the best. I mean, it, it seems like it could go either way, but which one do you think is more likely?
5: I still think we're waiting on that. We actually did get to interview Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele uh, for the first time uh, since they've been here, and since Kevin Steele's been back on Sunday. Sunday was Alabama's media day, so that was also the last time we heard from Nick Saban, um, and he did kind of say, "Hey, look, we're going to." trying to put the best 11 players on the field and, um, you know, whether or not that's against my scheme. Because, I mean, we, we saw Tommy Reeves do a lot of two tight end sets um, at Notre Dame. We saw him, you know, get under center and run the football, which is something that Alabama hasn't done, obviously, in a long time, uh, thinking back to Bryce Young and Mac Jones and, and Tua, of course. So uh, that would be something new. I don't know if they have the tight end depth uh, to run that exact scheme that he might want since, you know, at Notre Dame, he had all the tight ends in the world. And, you know, of course, Michael Byers, great. Um, and they had a couple others that he could do that with, and he could be comfortable with that. Um, I don't think we're necessarily going to see that. But I do think Tommy Reese and Nick Saban are very confident in the running backs. Um, and they also seem to be very confident in the offensive line. And so if you take those two things and put them together, it kind of sounds like that, that that's where they're going to go with this year. And so if that's the case, you don't, need, you know, a Jalen Milrow to play quarterback and run the the shotgun offense and and do that kind of thing. You want a guy more like Ty Simpson, more like Tyler Buckner, that's going to be able to hand the ball off, uh, make smart decisions with the football. And when they do throw the ball, you know, you hope that it's it's accurate and, you know, you can make the other team pay. So I think that's where they're still trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, But just, I I know it made a lot of people mad and I agree. I like Jalen Milrow. A lot of fans like Jalen Milrow, but if he can't figure out how to throw the football, I mean, he can't be a starting quarterback at this school.
1: Austin, you're telling me you don't write your articles to please the Alabama fan base? Is that what you're telling me?
5: That, yeah, unfortunately, I guess that's you know that would make my job a lot easier <laughs> if I could kind of get a feel for, for what everybody wanted, and then I would just put out what everybody wanted, and then uh, maybe that would make everybody happy and more hits and more money for everybody. But uh, unfortunately... I went through four years of journalism school at the University of Alabama, and that, that wasn't the way I was taught to
1: do it. yeah, sometimes we get uh, we get hated on in, in radio too for not for not telling people what they want to hear rather than telling them what I think because, I don't get paid to do that. And so, it's interesting right. to hear you hear you talk about those quarterbacks. And, and a lot of conversation with us here in Auburn and really a lot of people around the SEC is maybe Alabama's looking for that the it's a very overused term nowadays, but the the game manager at quarterback, right? Maybe they don't have to have the right. Heisman winning or Heisman contender at quarterback. Maybe they just need a a Greg McElroy type of guy who yeah, can burn you when he has to, but all he does is just make the offense go.
5: I'm glad you brought that up because, as you mentioned, Greg McRory is a national champion, um, and and nobody would say that he's the best quarterback to ever come close to being the best quarterback to ever coming out of this school. Jake Poker, I've mentioned him on this show. He wasn't that special. You yeah. know, he was just a guy that was going to go in there, hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, let the defense do their thing, and not turn the ball over. And once, and I, I, I have pointed to that season a lot because. That offseason was definitely similar um, for the staff and trying to figure out because they they kind of thought Jay Coker was going to be a great quarterback because he just nearly beat out Jameis Winston at Florida State. Uh, He lost that job, obviously. Jameis did what he did. He comes to Alabama because he's a Southern kid, grew up an Alabama fan. He's going to be the quarterback in 2014, right? No, wrong. Blake Stims, a guy that had been around and had played running back and – you know, there was no way he should be the quarterback, right? Well, he was, and he took Alabama to the playoff. Uh, but Jake Cooker wasn't special. He went out there, like I said, he did what he did, gave the ball off, made some hustle plays, made some nice throws every now and then, and, and you look up at the scoreboard every game, and you win, and it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be Bryce Young and Tua throwing six touchdowns. You don't have to do that. Um, I think people have gotten accustomed to that, so it makes it a little difficult that this year might be a big step back in terms of quarterback play, but It doesn't mean that the team's not going to be as good, and I don't think that you have to have anything special in there with the group that they've got surrounding it.
1: Which goes back to the the old-school Nick Saban, Alabama, really the old-school SEC style of of football on the offense where well you play great, hard-nosed defense, and you just run the ball, and if you score 24 points a game, you're going to win most times, and it may seem that that's what Alabama has to go back to, to an extent, this year in 2023, and a big part of that, Austin, is the offensive line, and you wrote a great article uh, yesterday talking about how they're looking for fear and wanting to make people tap out. What can you tell us about that offensive line that hasn't been up to par the last couple of years in Alabama?
5: I'll say something. They've been talking a lot and um, I can't remember who it was. It might've been Reggie Raggin, some old uh, Alabama old head Alabama player was on Twitter yesterday um, kind of seeing all that and saying, well, Hey, prove it then, you know, like you can say all this and you can say that you're going to make the other team quit. And we want to get back to the Alabama standard and we want to bully you and just run the football right at you for four quarters, but you got to prove it. I mean, that's, that's not something that you're just giving at Alabama. I know yeah. that's kind of the trademark is the, is the fourth quarter thing and the, the passion and the grit and you know whatever else they say. And teams for a long time here had, you know, had a great trademark of proving that on the field, and they did. Uh, but I, I think a lot of coaches say this. Just because those guys did it and those guys won those championships and they did it that way doesn't mean that just because you think you can do it that way, you can. I mean, you have to actually go out there and do it. So I am confident in this offensive line. I think that they can be great. Uh, but I think they're very important to this team this year. Not only because I think the best skill players on the offense are at running back, but also because you have a quarterback back there that's not used to getting hit, and that's not going to, you know, be used to always making special plays, and and might end up making mistakes that Bryce Young didn't make last year when he didn't have time. So uh, they they have a very important job this year, and um, I hope that they can back up what they're saying. But yeah, they're de- they're definitely saying a lot. I mean, it started with J.C. Latham kind of saying. Uh, Back in spring ball, that, you know, he wanted to get the offense back to that. And um, he obviously backed that up at SEC Media Days, saying that he wanted, he was a little disappointed and disrespected that uh, Georgia was, you know, number one in the conference and all the expectations they're having. And, well, you got to go take it then, you know. And I, I went to the University of Alabama. I would love to see them have success, but you can't just, you know, go out there and act like that's what you've been the last couple of years because if you look at it, that's not, you know, Georgia's back to back national champions and, They've they've got a reason to be talking the way they are and have the confidence that they do, and um, I think it would be a great statement for this program and for for Nick Saban and these guys to to come in there this year and do with all these offensive linemen say they're going to.
1: It's kind of crazy to me that Nick Saban is allowing that i think is the best way to put it because i mean he doesn't i mean for years he's had that mentality of yeah you have to earn it like just because the guys before you did it and like you were just saying just because the guys before you were the best offensive line in the country doesn't mean that you are it doesn't mean that you just automatically get that right because you you're wearing the alabama red and white so i'm interested in and honestly just intrigued that nick saban hasn't put an end to that and maybe he has since you wrote that article
5: well, he's, he's talked a lot in the last few days um, about, you know, obviously this this program, this team, has got talent. I mean, and any just about any team in the SEC could say that. You know, you've got the four stars at Alabama and Georgia and, and Auburn and Tennessee and LSU. You've got the five stars. You know, you've got the players that in high school, on paper, were supposed to be the guys that, you know, they're going to be great college football players. They're going to make it to the NFL. But, you know, talent – it doesn't get the job done. I mean, they've been said that for years mm-hmm. um, and it's worked. I mean, we, we, there's a reason that he produces as much NFL talent as he does because he rewires these kids brains that come out of high school thinking that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, they're the hot shot at their high school. They've, they've done all these, they broke all these records. But once you come to Alabama, everybody's just like you, you know, or better like you're not, you're not that guy anymore. And so then you have to rewire your own brain to think, okay, i got to earn this again just like I did when I was 15, 16 coming up in high school. i got to come out here and prove myself again so that these next three years at Alabama I can prove that I can be an NFL player and I can win and I can do all this stuff at a high level. But you don't, you don't, you don't just get that by committing to Alabama, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's something that is earned in the weight room, it's earned on the playing field, um, and it's earned in Coach Saban's eyes. And, and I think that's going to be the case with any young team. Um, is that you got to kind of get these guys to realize that they're not what they may have been in high school uh, and may have been on the recruiting outlets and all this and that. You you are what you put on the field, and um, I, I think last year that, that was not good for standard tier. I mean, two losses doesn't get the job done any year at Alabama, and it's not going to as long as Nick Saban's around.
1: Austin Hannon joining us on the phone lines. He's with Bama Central and joins us every Wednesday at 3.30 here on On the Line. When it comes to the defensive side, uh, the guy running that side of the football, Auburn fans know very, very well, Kevin Steele, uh, back with with Nick Saban in Alabama. Uh, he spoke at Media Day. What, it, what have you heard him say and what have you seen uh, so far when it comes to Alabama's defense in 2023?
5: I'm really going to like the defense, Jacob. I mean, I've, I've said a lot of bad things about Alabama already on the show today, and I'm sure <laughs> people are already upset about that. But I think the defense is going to be great. I think Kevin Steele was a great hire. At the time, uh, my opinion was that it was a little bit of a lazy hire just because it felt like you went from Pete Golding to uh, – who, who was a solid defensive coordinator, and we're going to get to see him kind of see if he can fix up the Ole Miss stuff. Uh, but – Kevin Steele is a guy that, you know, he's kind of getting older. He's kind of made a lot of jumps in the last few years. Obviously, he was at Miami last year. He spent the time at Auburn, uh, when, where he was good at Auburn, if I, if I remember correctly. So, uh, he's done it in the conference, though, and I've kind of spun it around to, in my brain at least, okay, they, they tried the thing with Pete Golding after Kirby Smart, right? There were a couple coaches that were in and out, um, and it looked like Pete Golding was maybe going to be Nick Saban's new Kirby Smart Um but the defense kind of fell off there for a couple of years and Nick Saban at that sugar bowl. And after the sugar bowl kind of sat there and said, Hey, is this what we really want to do? Is this the standard that we want to uphold giving up 52 points to Tennessee and, you know, giving up all those points to LSU and even Auburn scoring almost 30 points. Um, when that offense was not good last year, <laughs> I'm sure you remember. So, uh, yes. Um, yeah. they, they kind of wanted to hit the reset button. And I think Kevin Steele was, um, he's, he's a aid right now on the defense and i think it's it's a sturdy band-aid though i think he's going to be a guy that can come in and and kind of rework these guys brains to to back to that alabama standard and we got to hear from him on sunday and he said hey you know i i, I run a, i might the scheme i run is the Saban scheme you know i've done it everywhere else um I, I i he was there in 2007 2008 when the whole thing got started up he knows the process he knows what nick saban likes um, he knows what he expects from the defensive side of the ball which Uh, everybody knows that's what Nick Saban cares about the most is the defense. You know, he's happy. He'd much rather win a game six to zero than 58 to 45. So um, I think he's going to do a great job. There's a lot of talent on the defense. And I I think Deontay Lawson, uh, we're being told a lot about him these last couple of weeks that he's kind of stepping up into a leadership role inside linebacker, which anybody that's followed Alabama, you know, over the last 15, 16 years knows that that inside linebacker position is crucial uh, to the entire defense's success and, uh, Lawson's a guy from Mobile, Alabama, and, you know, C.J. Mosley was a guy from Mobile, Alabama, and they mm-hmm. both were 32. Um, and I've kind of made that, you know, that little bit of that analogy over and over again just because I think he's got that potential to be um, the run stopper and, you know, the quarterback of the defense there in the middle as a, as a third-year player. Uh, Dallas Turner, everybody knows that he's going to be on the edge. Chris Braswell, the same goes for him. Um, and Kool-Aid McKinstry, Malachi Moore, Caleb Dow, I mean, the secondary's deep. So you've got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And I think Kevin Steele, uh, I've kind of worked myself around to thinking that it might have been the, you know, the almost the perfect hire for Nick Saban just because of the, the, the comfortability level and, and everything else like that.
1: Yeah, I think the familiarity is the biggest, biggest thing when it comes to a guy like Nick Saban who is my way or the highway, as he should be, and it's worked for his entire career when you hire somebody that's already worked for you. You don't have to reteach them those things, and they kind of already know the expectations when they walk in the door. Austin, uh, yesterday it seemed like maybe a lot of folks around the SEC started buying their uh, party hats and balloons and, and celebratory cakes because Nick Saban spent a few hundred hours on a new house down in Florida, and people are running with that thinking maybe this is his retirement year. What do you think about all that?
5: Yeah, I got to see a couple of the pictures of it. It looks great. Um yeah, that's a funny. That's a funny topic because I don't know. I feel like if somebody could ask him about it later tonight, but it just feels like a weird question because it's like, oh, nice man, like you make like ten million dollars a year and you can afford this beautiful house um, on Jupiter Island in Florida. And
1: yeah, seventeen point five million another, to be exact is yeah. what he spent on it. So you know, yeah. like I said, a few hundred right. dollars.
5: Oh yeah, uh, but I think it might just be another thing for him to enjoy the off season and, and, and take family there. And, I mean, everybody knows how much David loves being on the lake here in Tuscaloosa, and um, he, he's just as, as fond of the beach, I'm sure, too, down in Florida. So I wouldn't run with it too hard. I think we from the mouth from the mouth of the horse, as people say, he's talked over and over again about how football is his life, and he, he doesn't really know what he would do if he didn't have football to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So I'm not completely worried with him leaving, but uh, I think it's definitely – Maybe a baby step towards
1: retirement for him. <laughs> well, hey, it didn't uh, it didn't stop a lot of Auburn fans and SEC fans in general to uh, maybe try to talk themselves into it, get their hopes up a little bit. Maybe he's finally retiring and they can, they can all move on and not have to worry about him anymore in this conference. But, uh, hey, Austin, uh, we appreciate you as always, brother. It's always a great time talking to you and getting caught up on Alabama football. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and all your great content and what's coming up over the next few weeks until football season in just 24 days.
5: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fall camp focus uh, the rest of the way until September comes, as are all your Auburn outlets, I'm sure, are doing the same thing. Uh, but BamaCentral.com, um, that's that's where you'll find all of our work, not just mine, but everybody else I work with. And then on Twitter, if you want to – or or x we've talked about that before. It's AustinHannon_. underscore. Um, I'll be having all my articles, news, tweets, live, press coverage, facts, stuff like that on there. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the two ways to reach me.
1: Awesome, man. Hey, we again, I appreciate you every single week, and it's always a lot of fun. Let's do it again next week, huh? Let's do it. All right, appreciate you, man. That is Austin Hannon of Bama Central. Again, he joins us every Wednesday at 3.30 here on the program talking about Alabama right now, talking a lot of football as the Crimson Tide getting ready for the 2023 season. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up the Wednesday edition of On the Line when we come back.
0: are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app.
1: Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. About to get kicked out of here in just a few seconds. But a big thank you to uh, Austin Hannon of Bama Central and Jordan Hill of Dogs247, both of them joining me on the show today, uh, telling us all about Georgia and Alabama fall practice as we get closer and closer to the start of football season. So if you missed any of that or any other parts of the show, talked a lot of Auburn fall practice, getting you caught back up, uh, giving you my thoughts since I've been gone for the past week, Glad to be back. If you missed any of the show today, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com or just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to upload it right now, commercial-free. But, hey, lots more to talk about tomorrow. Chris Gordy of Locked on SEC will join us uh, as we get closer to fall scrimmage on Saturday for Auburn and we're 24 days away from the start of Auburn football so been a lot of fun let's do it again tomorrow shall we two to four here on ESPN 106.7 stay tuned the drive with Bill Cameron Dan Peck coming up right here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader but until tomorrow again two to four right here on ESPN 106.7 I'm Jacob Goins I will talk to you tomorrow stay safe I'll talk to you later